Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Alright, hey everybody, we are back again. Blake is talking about how he's turning into a robot, and you're here for some weekly jump. It's so, like I'm drunk, except I'm not, and it's the middle of the day, so that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, so, uh, we are back at it again with more goodness. Um, I wanted to say first and foremost that we uh, we have not gotten a lot of people excited about this giveaway as much as we've gotten about the other ones, which is a little bit of a bummer because I think that it's cool and My Hero Academia merch should be dope. Um, so I'm just giveaway? Gonna... Remind us. Yeah, so the giveaway is going to be for these sweet uh, their wristbands. I'm I'm crinkling them on the mic so you get that great probably, that great sound effect. Probably <laughs> a really pleasing sound for people listening at home. Uh, <laughs> I will say I have not entered any of these because that uh, would be improper. But I want the fuck out of these, so y'all better vote, or I'm just going to be like Spencer. I win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're plus ultra wristbands, and they're great. Um, so if you want them, uh, look, you can you can put in the stuff right now. You can uh, you can you can go over and you can chat with us, and honestly, just. Just give us a key phrase. It can be anyone. I think I did like boomy fists last time. I think so. But it was something like that because I made a joke about Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah. So I mean, if if you want it, you should come chat with us. And yeah, you should just you should do that. Um, We're anyways. easy. If you want it, you just have to tell us the right word. Oh yeah, we we even you know we've sent out stuff already. All of the other giveaway things have already been sent to the winners. Yeah, somebody on Twitter things. got a giveaway that uh, looked cool. Yeah, right. they also are. They're they're they were one of our Patreon patrons. Oh, who, that was a patron. Uh, Okay. Well, he he won he won one of the giveaways, and he's a patron, so it's Ooh. twofer. Double um, he's making that money yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so uh, we are going to go ahead and jump in with our um, our our tag team this week, um, because as Blake pointed out, it is it is our our one that has the most SEO value. <laughs> Look, I don't want to make this soulless, but this is the one that everybody's gonna know out of these five yeah so this week we are covering uh, a couple of interesting things uh first we are going to be talking about cells at work um then we are talking about oda cinnamon nobunaga um then uh then kaguya sama love is war which is insane by the way um (laughs) and then the uh the manga that we're going to be covering this week blake is going to be talking about anti-gravity or a gravity boys yeah i don't know if it's anti-gravity whatever it is Um, and then i'm talking about a uh Probably, in, in talking about crazy stuff this week, the last one is the most crazy, and I will not hear any other arguments against it, which is what I am covering inside of the manga, which is Undead Unluck, and just prep for prep for the end, you guys. Yeah, it's going to be a wild ride today, because i got a lot to say about A-Gravity Boys. <laughs> okay, okay, here we let's go. get into it. Cells at work. <laughs> You have seen several episodes of this previously. I had Correct. never seen anything, and I was really... So here's the premise. Cells at Work is almost edutainment. It is a it is an, a city, but the city is a body, and the main characters are like a red blood cell, but she's this like cute little girl in a red outfit. And then there's a white blood cell who's this 
uh, guy who's dressed all in white. And uh, it it is, it's, uh, I know, you know what? We pissed off a lot, or I don't know, a lot of people, but we pissed off that one person at least by saying that uh, Zootopia, the anime, is what Beastars is. This is Osmosis Jones, the anime. <laughs> so, you know, have at me. Uh, sells Look, at work. It's, it's either <laughs> Osmosis Jones or it is uh, it is a really good episode of the Magic School Bus. Uh, oh, yeah. Or, yeah. So what do you think? What around. do you think of this? <laughs> Oh man! So Cells at Work is such an interesting anime because it's 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 a weird premise that it breaks it breaks a lot of uh, it breaks a lot of norms if you weren't expecting um, this because the people in this show are like they they react as people sort of but they also confine themselves to the limitations inside of whatever kinds of cells that they are um so when they're doing their work and when they're going around town they they do it in a different way that is like you know it yeah. they have to travel in very specific ways because right. they're, they're like they're kinds anthrop- of cells they're anthropomorphized blood vessels or or viruses or whatever but they're they're given a personality but that personality springs from how these blood vessels would work if the body were a city and whatever other personality traits they're given can't really get in the way of like the thing that body part has to do so like this is this is this totally is edutainment i would say i don't know the magic school bus was pretty sick when we were growing up but like edutainment is real hit or miss and i would say this is more hit than miss oh yeah it seems like i I really liked it actually i did too i I thought i I was gonna be mildly amused and i was delighted yeah and i think that one of the things that sells me the most on the show is that sells you turns it 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 really catches me in not only it's really dumb silly humor um like there's a there's in i think it's like the first episode there's a virus that hides in a box uh-huh. and she has like these different places that she has to go and they're like you can't put that box here you got to take that box this way and she's just like Ugh. and it's like yeah, this wily like little subtle things about like moment. yeah there's little subtle things about like one one way pathways into and out of the heart and she's trying to get to a specific place she's she's new here which i think is a very subtle meta commentary on like creating new blood cells in your body and Mm -hmm. so she's like trying to find her way to i think the lungs and uh she's lost because she doesn't know her way around the body yet which i i think is more of story than science uh, for that particular portion but that allows them to tell it a 20 minute story about a blood cell trying to get to the lungs and there being a potential virus so yeah it it works super well and yeah she like tries to go to a specific area and i as somebody who does not know biology super well certainly not off the top of my head recognized that this was one of those uh those pathways in and out of the heart that is only an exit and so she was not able to go in that doorway because it is an exit only pathway out of the heart and i was like oh that's really clever it's super subtle nobody sits there and it's like this is the so and so part of the heart and blood only flows out of that and that's why she can't get in it's just sort of like that's why what i think makes it good edutainment is that they're hewing really closely to what what is going on in the body and how these things work, but they are storifying it and letting the story do all the heavy lifting. Like this is learning through inference rather than yeah. learning through telling. 
and it's yeah. smart and it allows you to really enjoy it. And then you can be like, oh, what was that door she went to? Or like, she goes to the lymph nodes at one point and they're like, no blood allowed here. And I'm like, I don't know much about lymph nodes, except that sometimes they turn on you. So I, I it was like, oh, maybe <laughs> I could go find more about that. And now I remember that's where she went. And I have this like association with them because of what happened in the story. And now I can go learn about them and I can be like, oh, that's what I saw in the story instead of just like picking up a textbook and being like, what the hell is a lymph node? Yeah. You also realize while you're watching this that uh, that your your cells inside of your body are doing some sick ass karate. Oh, um, yes. And when they're fighting, it's these viruses. Murder. It's yeah. surprisingly <laughs> violent sometimes. Yeah. This this show is like the show is like it, it turns it, it's it's it turns something that is is fun edutainment suddenly into a super aggressive anger murder fest. Yeah, and this then is, back into edutainment. Uh huh. I would say this is definitely not the magic school bus. This is not all ages, this is not for kids. It's too violent for young kids. But for like preteens to teenagers, they're probably gonna start to fall on the range of acceptable viewing for this and like it's great and also i would say this is probably a shonen comedy because i guffawed out loud like heavy belly laugh at some unexpected joke that i rewound to rewatch again like this was really funny and it was charming and interesting and i only watched one episode but i wanted to watch more and i just was like no i need to watch the other thing so like i think I get the impression from things I've heard about this series, and you might be able to back me up on this, Spencer, that each episode is going to kind of take a topic of something. Like, I'm I'm aware that there is an episode later on that's about cancer. And so, like, each episode is going to sort of introduce a thing that can happen in your body and then storyfy it. So it's probably not going to have much of an arc throughout the season and be much more episodic. But the first episode, if that's any indication, I'm totally in to just, like, sit and enjoy some of this here and there. Yeah, I I don't want to I don't really want to give it away because there's there's some really fun stuff that is going to happen inside of the show. I got about six episodes deep inside of the show before I got distracted and started doing other things. Um, but it is definitely one of those animes that is like it's it's definitely popcorn worthy, where it's just like a good sit down time to watch dumb anime stuff while at the same time being like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, so that's great. I think this, this is one, a strong I, recommend from me. Yeah, I, I think this one is a definitely uh, jump in. Uh, I think you should go for it if you if you like this kind of stuff, um, especially if you like anime humor. You're going to get a kick out of this, um, so it, you should you should get in on it. Anyways, let's go into our screen times. Uh, Blake, what oh. what did you watch? Because I'd never heard of this. Oh uh, yeah, and I I did. I guess I spoiled it for you the other day, uh, so you won't hear the revelation of this on air in fresh news, but Oda Cinnamon Nobunaga is in premise, the story of a Japanese warlord and seemingly a pretty, pretty ruthless one at that uh, from way back in Japanese history, who is reincarnated in modern day Japan as a Shiba Inu dog that is owned by a young girl. And holy shit, this is charming. Uh, The only thing I can say is, that I had a, my my most major disappointment about this, I guess is what I'm getting at is that I watched it after cells at work. And I think cells at work does what it's trying to do better than what this is trying to do. So this is a shoe in for me. I am nuts about dogs. Anybody that knows me knows that uh, this is a, a cute story about dogs. And I think the ways that it fails for me is that it doesn't lean into the cuteness as much. The big uh, selling point for this series 
is Nobunaga, who remembers who he who he was and knows who he is, has internal monologues about how he was a warlord and how humiliating it is to be a dog. And then he'll, you know, be enticed by belly rubs. It's it, it's really cute, but I think that the premise is done in a way that sometimes veils the joke for me behind a type of anime humor that I don't particularly respond to. So if this were not about a dog, I think I would have found it supremely boring. Uh, as it was, I thought it was pretty charming, if a little slight. Um, I do think that it's something that if you're interested in a just sort of breezy, cute thing, uh, I think you could check it out. I, I only watched the first episode. I don't remember there being anything overtly sexual or anything particularly violent shown. So this is probably an okay one to watch with your kids. And in if that holds, which I would, you know, I would double check because, again, I only watched the first episode. But uh, do a quick Google search, see what the parental score is on this one. This is probably a really good one for young kids because it is dogs. And they're probably not going to care too much about the, you know, the Japanese warlord trapped inside the mind of this dog. But uh, he's a dog and it's adorable. And he meets other dogs who are also warlords from his time period who are reconciling now that they're all trapped in the body of dogs with hilarious dog names. Um and uh, so it's cute. It's not as cute as I expected it to be. I did not squee at all times, which was my expected reaction. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, weirdly, I don't think I'm going to be watching much more of this, but I do think it's totally watchable. And I think there are some people out there who are going to really, really love this. Sweet. So, I I mean, I, I'm interested in it in only, in only in a sense of it, like, being uh, GIF-worthy. And I feel like I've seen yeah. GIFs of this happening. It's... Um, it's fun. Uh, and the, I didn't like it because of my specific tastes around slice of life and anime humor. Uh, and if you don't are, if you're not quite as picky or quite as westernized as I am on those things, you're going to love this. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, my screen time was Kaguya Sama Love is War. And this show is insane um, because let me just give you a get let me just tell you what it's about real quick and you take it as you will so it starts out and it's just about uh, a high school and there is a uh, a president and a vice president of the student council and everybody thinks that they should date or that they are dating and they're wondering about if they're gonna date um and uh that's that's really it there's a, a little bit of intrigue and uh a little bit of going back and forth and maybe there's another love interest um so that's that's the whole premise of it right except for um they are all insane people <laughs> like they they are like plotting against each other and the way that they do the art style inside of at least like the first couple of episodes that I watched is just like this like hyper hyper crazy real like hyper hyper crazy not realistic cutaways where they're thinking about like if I give an inch to this person it's like they're stabbing me in the back and you see like them getting stabbed or held at a gunpoint so they're and like, them being they're like, like playing into the love is war thing by like turning these interpersonal encounters into battles yes but okay. also they are like 
two very smart people that are also very smug and also one of them is insanely rich and the other one is insanely smart and they think that it is going to be like it will behoove them to um to maybe be in a love affair with each other but at the same time neither one of them wants to give up on it uh like their power struggle um it it's like it's just so weird and it's like uh i i don't know how much i did or did not like it um because it's a show that it, it kind of well i mean i i think i think it's to it's it's not it's definitely to um it's it's credit that it's one of those shows that keeps you engaged even if you don't like slice of life and i think the biggest reason why is it's because it's it's such 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 soap opera drama inside of their minds that like every single little teeny tiny thing that is done is like broken apart into a hundred different ways like they're super intense chess players playing a match um mm. so it's it's very interesting in that sense and to a different sense and a weirder sense it kind of reminded me of like the drama that exists inside of like something like Downton Abbey, where it's just like, we have to, we have to polish these knives for the whole, this to work. Well, in this, it's just like, uh, uh, an example in the first episode, um, one of the characters is, is, uh, given the opportunity to ask the other to a movie. And he starts to say that she's invited to the movie. She realizes that he starts to say this and she's just like, all right, I've got him. He's going to have to bend first. And then he changes his course and tactic in the middle of saying it. And so her response back, she thinks through a bunch of different moves that she has to do on it. And her response back is to almost guilt trip him and also make him realize that like he needs to put his chivalry on the line in order to ask her in a more uh, in a way that is more pleasing to her and it's just like it's just a weird like i don't know it's one of those shows that i i don't think i would have watched ever if we weren't doing this but it's also one of those that i'm i'm excited that i got to experience um it is it is not one that i think that i would keep on watching but i definitely definitely can see that if you like slice of life and you like a little bit um push push to the nth degree you're gonna like this one a lot um that's interesting i it is don't a really interesting show yeah, I usually don't like Slice of Life, but I do love a CW drama, so I might have to check it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with all that being said, let's go into our page flips. And uh, Blake, uh, I'll give you the floor for the next, I, I don't know, two hours, I guess. <laughs> so, okay. First, I meant to say something about Cells at Work. Uh, very briefly, this is a show that you can cosplay on like a budget. You could be a red blood cell or a white blood cell for very little money. And the more people cosplaying as it, the more accurate it is. So cosplay as cells at work if you don't have anything else to cosplay as. Anyway, I read A Gravity Boys. And I don't know anything about this series. Um, I can't remember if I've heard anything about it. I have this idea that I heard that it was good. But I'm not sure if I'm making that up or not. The artwork on the Shonen Jump landing page for it was enticing. Uh, the premise was a brotastic science fiction space comedy. And uh, that sounds like my speed. I have a total weakness for bros. So I was like, cool, maybe I'm going to love this. So I will be getting 
on my soapbox in a little bit because I did not love this. But I'm going to tell you the premise first, and you will probably be able to see where my soapbox is going from the premise. A Gravity Boys is about four guys who are sent into space on a mission to find a new habitable world for the human race. The series opens up on them landing on the planet and finding it to be a habitable Earth substitute. This is great news. However, we learn two key things. One, they got here way faster than they expected to because about two days after leaving Earth, they encountered a black hole that pulled them into its gravity field. They were not able to escape it, and when they uh, came out the other side, they found themselves at the planet they were going to. It was supposed to take them 20 years. It took them three days. The other thing is, two days after they left nuclear war broke out on earth and the entirety of humanity is presumed dead uh so these four guys show up on a habitable planet that is uh, apparently supposed to be a place for some of humanity to go to theoretically to help with a population and resource crisis on earth and instead they are the last four humans alive interesting premise totally into it so far i was kind of sitting there like where is this series going because uh they are uh the last four people alive and they're all dudes and as a gay i was like maybe this will be an interesting gay series where there's some fun gay romance does not seem like that's where it's going uh because then some sort of weird celestial being that lives on a different plane than humans appears before them and they are comically nonplussed by this appearance and explain that the idea that uh you know everybody that they left behind is dead and they went through a black hole and got here too fast has left them unable to be surprised and after accepting this explanation the strange being gives them this uh weird um MacGuffin, I guess. It's like a device or something that will allow one of them to become a woman. Oh no. To keep the species alive. Spencer oh. knows where this is going. <laughs> so the rest of the rest of the chapter, they're kind of like, oh, this is crazy. And th- the other thing is, so they only have 365 days to do this, specifically 365 days on the planet they're on, which we don't know exactly how that relates to a regular Earth Day. It's weird that they chose 365, but sure. Um, it, after that time, it will expire. And it is presented to them as you can either uh, change the fate of your race by turning one of you into a woman theoretically for the main purpose of propagating the race uh or you can accept your fate so these are the options they are given a time limit they are also told that whenever that person turns into a woman they will have their memories altered such that they believe they were always a woman i don't know how relevant that is in the story because it does not come up in the rest of the chapter but it was an interesting plot point so then They are kind of all like, well, uh, let's not decide who it should be right now. And let's take care of setting up like a shelter and being able to survive on this planet before we have to like worry about that. 
And then the rest of the chapter is them assuming that one of the characters is the best candidate for becoming a woman. And that is uh, almost certainly because he is the most stereotypically female coded. He is the tidiest. He is the meekest. He is the shortest, smallest, and has features that are somewhat androgynous. And so they spend the other three guys basically assume that he's a woman. And here's where the soapbox starts coming in. They each introduce this concept that they assume he should be the one to change by starting to treat him differently in ways that they would treat a woman. And this is not cool, all caps. Uh, The rest of the chapter is about them arguing over why he should be the woman. Then near the end of the chapter, they briefly argue over maybe somebody else should be the woman. One of those arguments is that assuming that the penis size is uh, similar to breast size on a woman, that the person with the biggest dick should turn into the woman, which is a whole thing in and of itself. Uh, They ultimately decide that maybe they should not choose now and uh, maybe they should not choose at all. And then by the end of the chapter, they've realized that they're not sure if all life on Earth was actually wiped out. And also, they are not confident that they are the only nation who sent an exploratory group to this planet. So there might be a ship full of women from another nation on their way here right now. And that is how the chapter ends. So the premise seems to be one of these guys has to turn into a girl so all the other guys can fuck her. And then at the end of the chapter, it seems to undercut this and the chapter almost ends randomly. I did only read the first chapter. I had a thought in my head that I am not confident that that is where this series is going because by the end of the first chapter, they almost seem to undercut the premise. And uh, then I decided that I did not want to read anymore because I was too angry. Uh, this is really regressive. The it's When you watch anime or when you read manga, you can come into some regressive things. There are some ways that Japanese society treats or thinks about women that are sexist in Western society. And you will come across those and you have to kind of make your peace with them, kind of in the way that Spencer and I make our peace with fan service. We don't like it. We generally do not respond to it. And we just have to sort of grin and bear it until it is over because it is a part of the medium. And it in some ways springs from the culture that is not our culture. And this is one of those things. Japanese people, I think, and I'm making sweeping statements here, so I am very in danger of falling into a trap myself of making generalizations. So with that knowledge, Japanese people based off of manga storytelling and the way women are treated in manga tend to have slightly more old-fashioned views on women than people in the West do. There are certainly people in the West who also share views like that, but by and large, as a culture, we have moved past this. We're much more egalitarian about these things. Um, in the way that we speak and think about women and treating women differently than you would treat your male friends is not uh is not as accepted as it used to be and is often frowned upon rightly so this entire first chapter of this manga is basically predicated on the idea that if one of these guys were a girl we would treat him totally differently they basically all turn into three different types of pickup artist 
to try and get this guy to be convinced that he should be the girl and theoretically to be convinced that he should be with them. I get the idea that this is not going to be leaning too hard into the do it for the species uh, tropes, although they do bring that up a few times. Um, I think this is going to really play on a lot of very regressive and unfortunate ideas about dating and where women fall in the uh, sexual value column. And that was pretty much what the entire second half of this chapter was after setting up the premise that they were the only four people alive. And it just really stunk. I found myself really, really grimacing and unhappy while reading a lot of these like outdated sexist tropes. And I don't know how outdated they are in Japan. I get the impression from this and other things that Japan is uh, a couple of decades behind us. And that that sounds shitty. I don't mean that we're like we're so much more advanced than them, but just like in a social way, like the way that we thought about women several decades ago seems to be the way that they are being treated and spoken about here. And it is gross. It's very gross to read. Um I do think there are some people who are going to find it funny. I don't think those people are bad. I love It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and other series or comedians that take things and poke fun at dark things. So I think you can enjoy this as a dark sense of humor, as making fun of the guys for being sexist. Uh, I also think there are some people who really enjoy those gender dynamics. Um, I think you can enjoy them. You should understand that they are regressive. You should understand that women should not be treated differently in such a radical way and belittled or devalued because of those things. And with that understanding and not acting on these kinds of things, I think you can enjoy this kind of media uh, without harming the world around you and doing so. So there are people who can enjoy this. There are people who will enjoy this. It's probably pretty funny. Uh, but the subject matter they chose to make jokes about was not going to be right. And, you know, while I was reading this, I was like, honestly, I am the wrong person to review this because as a gay person, I have been on the receiving end of a lot of gendered thoughts about how I should act in the world and how uh, men and women should act in the world. I think as a, a member of the queer community, we often think about the ways that society forces behavior on us because of our gender rather than the behavior that we want to have because of our personalities. This manga really traffics in those areas. It does so in a way that some people are going to enjoy, but I am not one of those people. There's Just because of this premise, there was no way I was going to be able to connect with this. I can't see myself reading more of this. I might revisit it in the future just to see what happens in chapter two, but uh, I need to take some space from it, and I really had a hard time with this. Yeah, okay. Well, all of that being said, uh, let's go into our last page flip of the week, and that is Undead Unluck, and uh, strap in, you guys. <laughs> okay, so, take us home, Spencer. So, Undead Unluck is about two different random curses inside of the world, and it is told in a ridiculous, ridiculous way. Um, it starts out uh, the series, the main character um, is deciding that she is going to jump off of a bridge. And the reason that she is going to do this is because she is infected with some sort of thing. She's like, if somebody touches me, they're going to be infected by it, and I cannot help you, and it's going to lead to your death. 
And it turns out that what she has is a curse that removes all of your luck. It takes everything that is lucky about you and reverses it. Um, and so if you had a lot of luck, you suddenly become incredibly unlucky and something crazy will probably happen to you. Instead of her jumping off of the bridge, instead she is tackled off of the bridge almost and then kept on there. And the person that does this is a random muscly guy. Um, and then he is, uh, hit and falls off of the bridge and <laughs> she goes to try to see him and he is dead and decapitated. And then his body starts to regenerate because he is cursed with undead. So he instead uh. as the ability that he can never die and the funniest part about it is that when he regenerates he regenerates and he doesn't put clothes back on because he's just like what's the point and so he's just basically nude with a sensor bar running around for the rest of the first chapter um <laughs> So then there's going to be a lot of intrigue introduced when they have a conversation about like, she's like, you need to stay away from me. And he's like, no, I'm the only person that could be around you because I don't care if I'm unlucky because I can still, um, you know, I can be horribly harmed and come back from it no matter what. And she's uh -huh. just like, that's still not a good reason to do it. And he's just like, screw it. You can't stop me. Um, and so they run around together and then there is going to be an additional intrigue that's not completely explained inside of the first couple of chapters, which is that there is a random organization that is after the undead guy, um, and they're trying to behead him and then take his head and put it into a lockbox and run away with it. Um, and the end of the first chapter ends with her, like, releasing all of the unluck on one of the guys that is trying to steal away her new undead friend um and they get hit by a meteor um oh and <laughs> the undead uh the undead guy and the girl run off because she's just like um i don't want you around me and he's just like i'm gonna follow you anyways and that's where it leaves off the second chapter picks up with it getting more crazy but i think this is one of those that like Okay, it's not going to hit everybody, but it is definitely silly, um, and it definitely has all of the tropes of, like, cool, dumb fights and sequences inside of it, um, and there's a little bit of lore thrown in where you're just like, where did this happen? Why do these people have these abilities? Um, and so it's got some intrigue there. It's also really well animated. Um, the only thing that I think turned me off just a little bit about it um, is that there's... The, the undead guy is a little aggressive sexually, it seems. Um, but well, he is a it's, large, muscly, naked man, so... Yeah, it, it think of him almost as like Wolverine if Wolverine wasn't as angsty, but instead just put it all into being silly this and is a, a little bit sexually aggressive. This is another one of those things that you see a lot in anime and manga that you have to uh, be prepared to get past is the trope of the sexually aggressive man played for laughs. So, you know, this is, uh, it's not that out there. Yeah. But I mean, this manga was really good. It was really interesting. It was not what I was expecting at all. I think it is one that definitely needs more roughing up, but if you wanted to go ahead and just jump into it, you might really like it. Um, I, I think that it is, it is, 
really, really up the alley of people that um, they don't want something that they're going to take super seriously. It is definitely mm-hmm. just a a light, dumb time. Um, and if you're in for that, you're you're going to end up enjoying this. Um, so- I think I. I, if I was putting it into like some of the manga that I've read recently to put it between, um, I think that it, it approaches the coolness of Chainsaw Man, but doesn't reach Mashal by a long shot. Mashal is, Mashal is more ridiculous and cooler fight sequences um, and makes more sense and intrigued me more. But I think this one is definitely one that's just like, it's it's fun and it's good enough, you know? It's also pretty new. So if it sounds intriguing to you at all, it's a good time to get in on the ground floor because if it hooks you at all, then you can add to its leader, uh, reader numbers and, you know, keep it around longer potentially. So yeah. Uh, so it sounds like for this week, uh, check out Cells at Work, check out Oda Cinnamon Nobunaga, check out Kaguya-sama, uh, love is war check out kaiju number eight check out undead unluck <laughs> <laughs> oh. anyways uh stick with us after these credits and we'll give you another life lesson blake and spencer get jumped is made by forever summer productions and presented as part of the geekly grind podcast network sound editing is done by rashad english he's our level 13 sound wizard 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash getjumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Greetings, anime fans. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the editor-in-chief for The Geekly Grind, a place where geeks can go to escape their weekly grind. We're coming up on our fifth year of operation, and to celebrate, we searched high and low for some of the coolest podcasts out there in order to create a new geek-centric podcast network. And what we found were three awesome shows that are sure to be a great addition to any geek's media menu. Of course, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, which is this wonderful show, which features an additional episode weekly now to cover new anime and manga from our friends at Biz and Funimation. You can also dive into the world of comics with comic book keepers, where Chris and Lance chew the fat about their favorite heroes, villains, and comic series, as well as the impact that comics can have on our lives. Finally, if you're seeking a fantastical and fun retreat, Knights of the Rolled Table is an engaging and family-friendly D&D adventure starring talented improv actors. With three fantastic podcasts on the books and more on the horizon, make sure to check out the Geekly Grind Podcast Network as well as our regular content at www.thegeeklygrind.com. We'll see you next week, and until then... Remember, don't become an undead warlord because you're just going to come back as some different kind of dog, and it might be a pug, and like, man, it really sounds like they're having a hard time breathing. Well, that's the way they were bred, so that's the hand they're dealt. It's by design. Mm-hmm.